Hello and welcome to Run the Business, the weekly podcast that explores the place where running and leadership come together. We'll find out what running can teach us about leading, managing people and generally being better in business. We'll also try and answer that question, do runners make better leaders? I'm Anthony Gay and today our guest is me. Uh, Hang on, producer Anna, uh, is that right? (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Well, today's, it's kind of like a bonus episode, isn't it? Now, I'm going to hand over to you, my Run the Business production partner, uh, Anna Harding. Uh, You thought it'd be a good idea to get into my background a little bit and dig into um, some of the reasons why we've uh, done the podcast and where I'm coming from in in my passion for, for running a business. But I thought I can't do this properly without introducing you first. Uh, So Anna, uh, you have done so much. I mean this completely sincerely. You've done so much to take running uh, to new and interesting places, to introduce it to people, uh, encourage people to get involved uh, via your work on the running channel. Uh, Mm. You've also taken on some wacky challenges uh, (laughs) since since things on the running channel got going a few years back. You're one of the lead presenters there. You've done the, and you can correct me if any of this is wrong, but you've done the London, Berlin, New York and Boston marathons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ran for 24 hours recently, uh, which was just crazy. And the video that went with that was like, I, I just could not stop watching it. Uh, and the big one during lockdown, you ran a marathon in your back garden. <laughs> it wasn't a very big back garden either, Anthony. <laughs> it, it wasn't, was it? Anna Harding. Welcome to Run the Business. Well, thank you very much for that introduction, Anthony. Yeah, I just thought we would mix things up for this episode so that we'd, you know, learn a bit more about the voice behind Run the Business, which is your voice. Um, okay. And, you know, you're a CEO and you love running. And it, and it was you who wanted to explore this link further by making this podcast. So um, let's let's let the listeners behind the curtain, as it were, and find out a little bit more about you. Okay. All right. Will you be gentle? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do a little introduction for you. Okay. So our host, Anthony, our our guest today, is someone who spent his career working in the medium of audio, funnily enough, with 30 years of experience in audio branding and production and creative radio programming, music scheduling and talent management. You work closely with market-leading radio stations around the world on their on-air brand positioning and imaging and have built strong teams who deliver award-winning content. In fact, it never seems like a month goes by where you're not winning an award. So, Anthony Gay, welcome to Run the Business. Thank you. I I enjoyed that intro. Thank you so much. (laughs) So, Anthony, first off, as you start with all guests, how are you today? I'm feeling good. The the weather helps, doesn't it? I mean, I'm I'm certainly a a summer and a sunshine person. So when the sun's out uh, and the sky is blue, it it lifts my mood. So I'm feeling great. Thank you. How are you? I'm also very well. Thank you. Very smiley and enjoying the sunshine. And have you been running today or when was the last time you went running? Uh, I've not been out today. I am kind of having a little bit of a rest to start the week. I was out on the weekend. Uh, I did park run, uh, my local Wilmslow park run on Saturday morning. And then I did junior park run with my daughter on Sunday morning because she wasn't kind of feeling it. And um, she said, well, you you come and do it with me. So I kind of gave her some encouragement and a bit of pacing on on park run um and that was on sunday morning so so that was they they were my last two runs 
Fabulous. And and when did you get into running? I think I think it's been there ever since since I was a kid. Really, I mean, I I do vividly remember those cross country runs at school, which um, I, I think we all kind of have mm. those memories of of those experiences running. For me, it was uh, running across farmers' fields in absolute cold, frosty conditions, uh, wearing tiny little shorts and a, and a PE kit and off down across the fields through the woods. And it, it was, yeah, it, it, it wasn't, I suppose it wasn't nice on one hand, but it, it, I can remember it because it was so invigorating. Even, even at that age, the idea of sort of being out there with the elements and running across these, you know, these fields uh, just had, I just, I liked it. And it just sort of drew me in and I, and I kind of did cross country runs and things like that at school. Um, I, d- I remember during the summer holidays, actually, we even, my mates and, uh, and I set up a little run around the place where we lived um, in Sheffield. And it's it about two and a half miles, but I think it was about 10 of us that, that, that did it. But we set it up as a race and, and had a start and finish and ch- you know, chalked the line out. And there was a route that everybody had to do. And we even set, set up, got some uh, mum and dad to do a drink station halfway around because it was in the summer holiday. So we thought, you know, if, if we're going running, there has to be a refreshment point. So they were sort of on their driveway with uh, um, some sugary drink to help us carry on and, and get round. Uh, so yeah, th- those are the kind of early memories of, of running. It sounds like it's really been ingrained in you from from such a young age, though, and um, you know, and you've you've carried it on. You know, I'm not going to give away your age here, um, but I know that there is a certain milestone coming up. Oh yes, <laughs> and you've continued with your running throughout throughout your life. Yeah, and I think it 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 means different things to people as they get older as, as they sort of change and 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 I think this is common for everybody you, you you start and there is this sense of of just wanting to go fast and long and and quick and beat people um and I, I see the kids on you know on park run it's brilliant uh, seeing the junior park run where they just shoot off like rockets and you know there's a bridge on our park run and and it's about you know, 100 meters sort of from the start line and you can see the kids re- reach the bridge and then they'll go this is a bit and then they start slowing down and then they're walking after a bit. But yeah, that, that sense of as you get older, you start to appreciate the different sides to running and, and the space that it gives you and, and, you know, the mental perspective that you can get from it and all the other benefits. And I suppose that's where, particularly in the last few years, I started to sort of equate some of those benefits into, into business and start to, to draw some parallels there. Absolutely. And this podcast is what running can teach us about business in general and a a link that you've been so interested in learning more about that you started the podcast. And so do you find that those parallels between, you know, shooting off and and having loads of energy at the start and then maybe, you know, being a bit more considered in your approach to pacing can perhaps relate into your line of work and your, your business life? Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's where I think, as you say, this podcast came from. And this is a bit of a work in progress, I'll be honest. I, and I started with almost three different sort of spaces of, of the benefits, the, the physical benefits. You go running first thing in the morning and you get extra energy uh, that can kind of help you get through the day. And it, and it can help with your endurance for, for having you know long days or traveling or things like that. So there's the physical benefit. The psychological sort of benefits of running, which we all know about uh, the stress that it can lift from us and helps us be uh, sharper and, and more aware of, of what's going on around us. 
I mean, there's lots of studies and things that have been done around how running can help um, depression and, and anxiety and things like that. And then the third sort of area is what I call parallel benefits. And these are the comparisons between business and running. Some of them are the cliches. And I think the obvious one is it's a marathon, not a sprint and that kind of stuff, which, you know, there is there is sense and there is you know logic behind that. And as I kind of started to dig into those, I think there's more in that space in those those parallels between how you approach running and business that can can really help us. Goal setting is an obvious one for anybody who goes out running. The idea of you know, even if it's a training run, you you ask yourself, what's the objective of what I what I want to get out of this run? What do I want to take from this run? Um, and it might be time, it might be distance, but it might be you know just some space, uh, some mindfulness. It might be you know not walking. It might be um, coming up with an idea that you, you or a solving a problem that you might have. So I think in the same way that uh, when you set out running, you have those objectives clear. The same applies to business. You know, nobody starts a, a business without having an objective or a purpose of what they want to achieve. And, and that's, you know, that's an obvious one. But I think as we've dug deeper into those parallels through the, through the podcast, uh, there's more stuff in there that I think is really interesting. Mm. And, and for you, are there any specific examples where running's given you a lesson in something that you've then transferred into your work? Uh, I think the pacing thing you mentioned before is is a big thing about just taking your your time and being able to see that there's a, a long game here and you can't achieve everything in a day, in a week, and having those objectives that uh, exist for you know the day, the week, the month, three months, and just kind of working that out. I mean, specific things from running. I mean, we do a lot of stuff with music and and melodies and sound and. I'm not a musician, but I, I do sort of, you know, take part in the creative processes that we 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 have, and it is sometimes strange where we have a challenge that we're trying to deliver on a a new sonic identity or a new sound for somebody, and halfway through a run, a little melodic sequence will sort of pop in my head and go, "Oh, that's interesting. How could that? How 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 might that fit this project?" So there are definitely examples where I've come back from a run. And had a little melody, a little earworm in, in my head, which I've been able to take into a conversation or a meeting that that has added to a project that we've been working on. That's so interesting. And actually, on the subject of music, then, do you run listening to music or no music or is it a mix of both? I, I generally don't listen to music. Um, I think I work with sound and, and music and, and jingles and audio. Uh, so for me, running is is the space, you know, the mindfulness and, and perspective that we can get. I kind of like to clear my head of, of everything. And sometimes those early morning runs are just about the, the sounds of, uh, you know, and it sounds a bit cliche, but, you know, the birds and the sheep in the fields and, and that kind of stuff. And those sounds are... Uh, you know, natural sounds, which I think are just so helpful in in lifting your mood and and setting you up for the day. So generally, I I, I don't even have a a pair of uh, buds or anything like that. So so no, not not a music runner. That's really surprising, considering the background uh, of your work. Let's talk a little bit more about the business side of things and how you got into what you do today. 
to, to my love of radio started very, very uh, early on, probably a similar time to when I was doing those runs uh, around uh, in the summer holidays. When I was 11, I saw an advert in the local newspaper. It had a kid section and it was advertising for presenters for a new radio station that was opening in Sheffield for the children's hospital. So they were looking for kids to run a radio station for kids. And I thought, oh, sounds like a good idea. I quite like, you know, I like music. And I made a tape as it was then, sent it in and, and ended up getting a job on, uh, it was called Radio Crystal. And it was at the children's hospital in, in Sheffield. And I was the first presenter to do a show on, on the opening day of, of Radio Crystal. And it's kind of just gone on from there. So I kind of worked at my local commercial radio station in, in Sheffield, which was Radio Hallam, Hallam FM. And I was in Birmingham at university. So I worked at a radio station there that was called BRMB at the time and, and was producing and presenting there and just loved it and loved working with sound and music and creativity. It didn't feel didn't feel like a job. It didn't feel like work when you were kind of in these you know, radio stations doing all this, this fun stuff. And it's just grown from there. And I, I kind of, you know, went, ultimately went back to Sheffield and was presenting there and then got more into the management side of things. And, and I think that's where the business side began. I, I, I felt that I loved presenting, but I kind of felt like I'd reached a point where I wanted to do more and uh, wanted to be more involved in, in the, the direction and the strategy of where things were going. So that, that's where I guess the management and the leadership side of things came in. And now you are CEO, you've got your own team, your award-winning team. And, uh, you know, how have you developed your your leadership skills in a way that has, you know, taken you to where you are now? It, it's a big question. And, and I think leadership skills, we're all uh, learning and uh, honing our skills every single day. And, uh, you know, I... Um, still uh, working on on those skills, and I, I think back to, you know, the the first time I got a, a title of a manager or director in 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 your job, and think actually was I was I up for it then? Was I was I, you know, was I the person then that that was the finished article? Absolutely not. And uh, even now, uh, I don't think that's the case. So we're we're all on this journey and all learning. And I I'm I think one of the things that that sticks out is just making sure you have great people around you and letting those people do what they do and getting out the way of them in achieving you know what they need to do i think probably early on i was i had quite a fixed way of of doing things and and maybe could only see uh, a single route to success and and i think one thing i've learned over the years is there are so many different ways to approach it and and different people bring different skills and different ways to attack a problem. And that's something I think one of the big lessons is, is there are so many different routes to success. Uh, and when you do get great people and you're working with great people, listen to, to the, the things that they uh, have to say and the direction that they want to go in and how they attack a problem. Because it, it might actually be, and usually is, better than, than the way that uh, you might have originally thought. And that team that you, that you have, you're split across the the UK and the US. 
does your job involve a lot of travel because of that? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a fair bit of travelling. Obviously, the last few years has affected that, and we've all embraced even more video calls and and that kind of stuff. We did a lot of that anyway because. You know, I, I work with um, my sort of extended team is in, in Seattle in, in the US. Uh, I work with uh, people in Florida, in Chicago, in uh, Dublin, Vienna, in the Netherlands, in France, even uh, Melbourne. So, yeah, we're not going to be getting together all the time. So we do a lot of and we even before COVID, we did a lot of video calls and caught up virtually. So it's always been something that's that's kind of been ingrained in our in our company culture so it wasn't too tough to sort of transition into that when when things changed so i i do travel i try and probably travel less these days than, than i did you know as you know conferences and things like that have evolved and changed a little bit and there's certainly less need to be i think face to face as much with with clients and partners although it is Fantastic, and I know I know you'll appreciate this when when you are in the same room as somebody. Just the dynamic is slightly different, and some of the conversations and and ideas and energy around the edges is the stuff where the creativity and and the the ideas come from. So it, it and it's tough to sort of force that on a video call. Absolutely, and and I guess you know if you're getting the opportunity to travel to all these different places as well, it means you've got an opportunity to go and run and explore in those places. That's something you enjoy doing. Ah, yeah, and it, it it's it's such. A, I feel so privileged that when we do end up at a conference or in a meeting somewhere else, that idea of being able to get up in the morning, stick the shoes on, and go for a run and set the day up. That's usually my, I'm a sort of morning runner in the main. So, you know, getting out there when I go to our uh, HQ in, in Seattle, I sort of get an um, Airbnb or, or a place to stay near the, near the office, which just sets me up great because I can kind of head out early in the morning. Obviously, with the time difference of flying, you're kind of up earlier anyway, and just do a big run down by the waterfront and see the city come to life. It, it is you know, so wonderful that I think only only people that run can experience or share that experience of being in a in a foreign place, being in a new place, uh, and being there early in the morning as as the sun's coming up, and you're just sort of running along, just soaking it all up, and and getting your head in in the right space for the for the day ahead. So running, you know, along the Seattle waterfront early in the morning is something I always enjoy when uh, when I'm over there in the US. You've painted a beautiful picture there. I wonder if there's a run near you where you live that you enjoy doing on a regular basis that's as spectacular as the Seattle waterfront. Yeah, probably not as spectacular, but I'm fortunate to live in a part of the world where uh, there's some, some great sort of trail runs and country runs. So there's a, a place called Quarry Bank Mill near me, which recently hosted a, a trail run uh, which uh, a couple of weeks back, which I took part in, which was fantastic. And uh, that run takes you through uh, around Style Mill and uh, you know, some of the, the history and the heritage of, of Manchester in the Northwest. Uh, really well organised. The team behind it, Run Northwest, do a great job and it's really well attended. So that that's, that's a great run. I mean, my sort of regular 10K involves sort of being around that part of the world uh, but also down by Manchester Airport, there's a, a, a path that runs along the side there, which is part of my sort of usual 10K run. And, and if you time it right, you can get a bit where you 
you kind of competing against planes taking off, which is always a great experience for a runner. You, you can kind of see how far you can get ahead before the, the plane overtakes you. So that's sort of my regular run around home. I do love the Lake District in England as well. So we spend, as a family, we spend as much time up there as we can. And the, the runs around there are just mind-blowing. Flat or fell running is, is just amazing to be up around Langdale Valley and uh, the, the, the tarns and, and the places around there is great. It's absolutely beautiful there. And I think you may have alluded to this already, but do you run mainly on your own or do you run in groups? I, I tend to run most of the time on my own uh, just because of, um, I guess, logistics of sort of where I am uh, and who I'm with, uh, certainly from home, just get, getting out in the morning uh, before everybody else is up and, and going out. So it's usually on my own. There's a few runners locally that I'll do bits with here and there. But because we're all on sort of slightly different timescales of, of work and life, it's hard to sort of find points where it all marries up. That said, things like park run, you know, if that counts, um, the, the park run that I've got, which is I'm very fortunate to be you know, less than, I think it's you know, 800 metres away from the start of, of the park run uh, near me, which is great. You can kind of roll out of bed on a Saturday morning and know that there is a bunch of people that are going to run with you at nine o'clock that morning is, is fantastic. And with your, your running and, and your work, do you ever recommend running either to your clients or, or your colleagues? How do they feel about your passion for running? Do they share it with you? Yeah, there's, there's a few of us at work, actually, that, that, that do it in the office where our office is, is at uh, Media City at, at Salford near Manchester. And there's some nice runs around the docks and Salford Quays that, w- that we kind of do at lunchtime. So there's uh, a couple of us that, that would get out and, and do stuff. And we have some good running chat in the office. In terms of the wider team, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's a few runners in there. And I try not, I try, to be honest, I try not to sort of force it on people. But I do enjoy, as, as I know you do, just enthusing about it. And I think you either catch people with that enthusiasm and, and they kind of, they get intrigued and they want to know more. Or, or some people it's like, whoa, no, it's not for me. And uh, I'll I'll probably stop talking about it then because uh, as runners know we can uh, we can sometimes get too enthusiastic and talk about it too much. Well, I suppose I may have I may have shared that with you a few <laughs> times. Yes, <laughs> and I mean with your running, you know you you have done some incredible runs and you've got uh, um, a big goal coming up, uh, the, the Ring of Fire. Tell us about what that challenge is, but also what motivates you and drives you to tackle such big things like that race i think it's the the running thing where people start off and you get the bug and you do the 5k and then you do the 10k and then it's the 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 10k leads to the half marathon and then it leads to the marathon and uh i I saw a, a little uh thing a little cartoon the other day of uh, which made me laugh which and it was uh, Yoda it was sort of you know half marathon leads to marathon marathon leads to ultra ultra leads to suffering and I, I thought yeah that's that's it uh, I think you get to a point where you want to to test yourself and and just see get a sense of where the edges are of being alive and the bigger distances and the bigger challenges are an amazing way to do that to push yourself further 
I kind of have done a few longer runs, sort of fell runs in the lakes. I did a, a 60K and then, then it sort of, there was an 80K in Lancashire and then that sort of went into a, a 100K in, in, in Derbyshire that we did. So I've kind of sort of built up and then the Ring of Fire came along and I thought I, I wanted to do something multi-day uh, and just see how the body kind of coped with running consecutive days and, and how I would handle that and what, what my approach to that would be. So the Ring of Fire is a coastal ultra around Anglesey, which is North Wales. It's an island uh, as part of North Wales. And you start off uh, in a place called Hollyhead and basically run around the entire island with the sea on your on your left-hand side, I think. Yeah. Uh, and you run back to Hollyhead. And it's 135 miles. I think it's about 4,000 metres of elevation. Um, which, which sounds a lot. I think it's quite undulating. There's a, there's a couple of points where it it's steep, but generally it's just that sort of up and down, up and down, which can be challenging in itself. And and it just sounds an amazing challenge. And then the the, the two nights you end up at places. I think there's a, a leisure centre for for one of the nights, and then a church hall for the next night, uh, where you kind of camp down and, and uh, spend a few hours sleeping, hopefully. So it's not just the running, it, it's it's the approach and how you prepare for that and things like kit and yeah, maybe a little bit of orienteering to get to the right places. I, I don't know what it's going to be like because I've not done anything at that level before, but it um, it just it sounds like an amazing run. The idea of listening to the song, Ring of Fire, just before you start is a bit wacky. And uh, I, I think that is going to be a, a, a moment to look forward to. We talked about what motivates you when you go running and having a purpose. This this one, a, a really good friend of mine, very sadly lost his, his brother earlier this uh, year after an operation. And I kind of wanted to do something to remember Mike and do something for Matt and his family. So I, I'm running to to raise some money for Mike and hopefully you know support a little support for his family as well as that uh, to remember mike because mike was a, a runner and he was also a big fan of formula one which which uh, i love and and we we did a silverstone half marathon uh, many years ago I, I did with his his brother matt which was great fun and, and a very memorable day so as a as a formula one fan to run around an F1 track uh, was pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, the, Mike will be in my thoughts and um, he'll be somebody that I'll, I'll be wanting to remember and yeah, pay some respects to in, uh, in September as well. Mm, what, what a fantastic cause and, and reason for you to, you know, push yourself to, to, well, your limits, I suppose. And, you know, I wonder if there is any time in your business career where you have, you know, taken a dive a deep dive and gone right i'm going to go for this goal it's big and it's scary and it's going to take a lot to get there but i'm going to focus on this uh, you know is there is there any time in your business life where where that's happened i, I think i've always been uh, i'm a very positive person and i always uh, see you know the glasses half full and and look for the best in situations so uh, rightly or wrongly i, I kind of have a anything is possible attitude uh, to, to business and running, uh, you, you know, as, as, as well. So that's a good question. And I think I always look at, at the goals that we 
are setting for a particular year or the objectives, the things that we want to achieve. And if I think they are um, genuinely achievable, then I'll, I'll just I'll pull myself into them and hopefully take the people around me with me on that journey. Because I think one of the things about running, and I was chat- chatting to one of the guests on, on Run the Business the other day who was just talking about how runners can inspire people to go the extra mile. Again, a cliche, but the idea of expectations and what's possible. He was talking about his own experience where he'd run 11 marathons across a number of months. And people were like, oh, that's amazing. And then he mentioned uh, a runner who'd run 200 marathons in, in 200 days. And, and then people go, oh, my God. And, and suddenly the expectations shift. And then they're kind of like, well, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing more than 11? 11 seems small. So when you kind of look at goals like that and objectives, it can sort of shift people's perspectives around what's possible. And I think running is a great example of that where, you know, as you know, there are some superheroes in, in the space of running that are just inspiring in, in uh, what they do. It's not just about speed. Uh, it, it's about the challenges they take on and, and, uh, and how they find these unique challenges of you know, running up hills in different parts of the world or running consecutive days. Or, uh, and I think those inspiring stories are amazing for, for both running but for business as well because it, it, it shows people that uh, things are possible that, that maybe we, we wouldn't have thought were possible. Absolutely. And I think they also inspire us to do the next wacky thing, don't they? <laughs> the next wacky thing. I don't know. You've got some <laughs> wacky things coming up in the, in the next, next few months as well. Always, always got wacky things on. <laughs> so a few more questions for you, Anthony. Uh, running aside, can you name one business tool, app, person or thing that you can't do without? That's a good question. I, from a business point of view, the the thing, uh, and I think this this may have been mentioned uh, on other on other episodes. Basecamp is, is the the tool that we use across our businesses as a as a means of tracking projects, and uh, it's a project management tool, uh, but also the way we can communicate updates and share links to. Google Docs and uh, Dropbox folders with audio in and stuff like that. So I would say Basecamp as a as a central sort of hub for tracking projects. I don't know what we would do without it. And there's bits that sort of feed into it, as I mentioned, other other platforms and other things. But as a, as a central way of tracking projects, I think Basecamp. Uh, and I think we're on what is it, Basecamp three or something now. But it, it, it's it's great. So I would I would recommend anybody that uh, is maybe looking to find a, a project management tool, check check out Basecamp. Fabulous tip. And then business aside, what is your favourite bit of running kit or accessory that you can't do without? I've got to say my watch. I'm a Garmin person, and um, the the watch uh, and the the metrics and the data that I can get from it really, really help. And I know it's not all about the data and I know it's not all about the the numbers, uh, but uh, it does help me just get that overall sense of where I'm at in my training journey and measuring uh, particular runs and, and things like that. So I, have to, I would have to say that the watch and the way 
you know the the level of detail and information there is i know it's it's gone through the roof in in the last few years and and i do appreciate that you can get too hung up on it my wife has a thing where when i wake up in the morning i look at the watch and and see what my body battery is or see what my sleep score is and she believes that you know my watch is the thing telling me how I how I think I've slept, and actually she's probably right in that. So, have I had a good night's sleep? Well, let me look at my watch. Oh, my watch says yes. I've had a good night's sleep. So it it, it can be yeah, it can take over. Uh, but I genuinely think what watches have done for me have just helped um, put some edges around my my training and give me some some focus around the the numbers and things. So so that would be my answer there. And are you quite a data-driven person in both running and in business? Yeah, I, I think you have to be. And I do have dashboards for everything, for, for running and for business. So to be able to, when things get, get big and there's a lot of stuff going on, I think you need a dashboard, you need, you need data. But the things I would say is make sure you're looking at the right numbers uh, because you can have too much data. You can have data that if you interpret every tiny little movement in each direction you just get lost in in the weeds and that that's not helpful so having data that you are looking at which gives you the right overview and not getting too granular it's about trends i think and this is the same in in running isn't it it's it's you know what's the, what's the direction of travel where are we going what's the trend taking us rather than measuring every single run and analyzing that to death because you know some some days you just feel better than others. And uh, taking that run in isolation, either, you know, one way or the other is going to skew things. So I think it's it's looking at, you know, the week, the month and the direction of, of, of travel. So I am data driven. I think data is, is really, really important because you, you need that data to see where you are on that journey to to achieving your goals. But don't get hung up in don't get hung up in it too much. <laughs> yeah you okay you mentioned the right data there a really sneaky question for you what is your favorite metric in running so what's the favorite piece of data that your watch gives you favorite um vo2 max vo2 max is a weird thing isn't it because i kind of it, it sort of you know at one point i i, I was up i i won't say the numbers but i was up at a what i thought was a fairly high figure and I've never been able to achieve that again since. And I th- actually think, well, I actually feel fitter at the moment than, than maybe I did then. Um, so that's one that um, it, it is, and I know it's kind of about the different, you know, d- times and, uh, and and distances, and, and it kind of brings it all together. Um, I, I'd probably say on the watch that I have now, the screen when I look at uh, is the body battery. I know it's not really a running metric, but I kind of. It, it does. Um, it does give me that sense of where I'm at. Have I slept well? Do I need to? You know, uh, have I got energy to exercise? I won't always listen to it, but it, you know, the idea of, of of your body battery score, I think, is again, it overall is good. I've got a 68 as we're speaking, which I think is is not bad. That says I can go out and do some running this afternoon. I think. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good position to be in at this time of day. <laughs> and then finally, what advice would you give to anyone in business or a leadership role who is considering getting more active and specifically maybe dabbling in a bit of running? I'd say listen to a podcast called Run the Business and check out all the episodes because we uh, and uh, I'm joking, but at the same time, the guests <laughs> that you've managed to assemble are fantastic and 
going, uh, to, you know, interviewing and chatting to these people uh, from all over the world and all sorts of backgrounds is amazing. It's inspiring. I feel like I'm getting leadership coaching for for free from having these conversations with great entrepreneurs and, and CEOs. So I am joking, but the conversations are amazing. So, so do check them out. I mean, in terms of the advice, and we touched upon this at the start, I think there are multiple things that, that running can bring to your life, physical, psychological, and these parallel benefits to business. And I think we can all uh, take different elements from those those three things that will help us, us raise our game. And running is not something you need to be amazing at. And something I think you do in terms of encouraging people really well is just to, just to get out there and try it. You know, running, walking is something which I know a lot of people do. And it's great because it, it, it just sort of gets you out and, and starts you on that, that journey. And the benefits that you'll see in terms of just the extra energy that you'll have to tackle some of life's problems and the perspective that you'll you'll have from doing just a short distance of running uh, can really have a, a big impact on your life. So don't feel like you've got to be a marathon runner, a half marathon runner, or even a, you know doing a 5K. Just getting out there somebody I was talking to the other day said it, it, it can be you don't even need the gear you know if, if you're in your business suit or you you know you, you're in the office sometimes just going out the office running up and down the street gently uh, and coming back in could be the world of difference to help you get into that next meeting or that call or something in a, in a better frame of mind so give it a try Thank you so much for that, Anthony. That's been a wonderful conversation. And as with every episode of Run the Business that I've edited so far, it's just inspired me to want to just go out and, and run. So thank you for your time. I'm off for a run. Well, I want to say thank you to you as well uh, for being part of this, because I may be the, the, the host, the voice on Run the Business, but I uh, really appreciate everything you're bringing to it as well uh, in uh, helping find the guests and and shape the sound of the podcast. So thank you. Thank you. 